to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo, and I'm back on the Thursday pod with Pistol after you took a day off to, I believe, have a birthday party, mate, with uh, a few candles and cake and, uh, uh, was it at McDonald's like uh, all our birthdays are these days? <laughs> no, not quite, but uh, thank you for covering in. It was uh, a delightful birthday party at McDonald's. <laughs> so you had the ice cream cake and everything like that? There's, Everyone dressed it's not, up? It's not a party unless there's uh, ice cream cake. <laughs> All right. Obviously, the big news that has just uh, dropped in the last hour or so is that uh, Basher Hooley, the appeal against his two-week ban has uh, has been upheld, and the AFL has had the uh, the ban upgraded to four weeks. Uh, how do you feel about that uh, pistol? I think that's uh, relatively fair for for what the, the the footage showed happened. Yeah. No, that's a, a great decision. Um, two weeks. I was. Um, very very surprised that it was that lenient originally but four weeks i think um that's probably if you know you do the crime you do the time and four weeks seems like a fair amount of time to do in this situation so um i think everyone can be satisfied and leave it at that yeah absolutely totally on that side of that hey uh there's not overly a big amount of news coming into this week um so we'll jump straight into the teams here mate i'll take off with the first game uh friday night match melbourne and sydney uh melbourne back on the big friday night stage there's a couple ends we've got mitch white for his first game in 2017 and josh wagner out go uh, a couple of hamstrings uh, with uh jeffy garlett and salem out uh on the uh the swan side of things zach jones comes in after his uh his suspension and jared McVeigh coming back in surely he'll do a, do a calf in the warm-up and there'll be a reprieve for will Hayward. Uh, or uh, Callum Sim- Sinclair has been omitted, which is uh, it's interesting there, Pistol, because it looks like that Sam Naismith will be going one-on-one with Gorn now that Callum Sinclair's been omitted. Yeah, it's a very interesting decision. I think um, they might do the, the old sacrifice, the ruck trick, and just try and feed off uh, Gorn's hit-outs and hope for the best. Um, look, it's good for super coaches. Um, I mean, well, bad if you don't have Gorn, good if you do have Gorn, especially in draft leagues. Um, he might... Might achieve his break even this week. Um, it's I think up at about one eighty, but it's not <laughs> unrealistic, Jesus. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it, it's the week that we're all just like hoping that he has maybe just a a, a one ten, just to get that maximum amount of uh, uh, cash dropping so that we can jump on him next week. Uh, obviously, uh, the uh, Nick Newman has uh, carried on. Uh, we did touch on him uh, on the Monday on the Monday podcast. He. Only had a handful of touches, but he kicked two goals to get to, to 90 points. Are you worried about uh, that his output relied on those uh, those two goals towards the end of the game to help pump his score up to that 90 pistol? It's a bit interesting. Um, I know the fans love him at the moment, um, Newman, in, in Sydney, but if they're going to use him as kind of a jack-of-all-trades player, that's not really what you want um, from a super coach perspective. Obviously, when he's playing... Um, across the back line and then getting little stints on the wing and, and on ball, um, that, that's great for super coach um, players, but when he's resting forward, um, especially deep forward for large parts of the game, um, that is uh, probably some warning signs going off there. Obviously, he did kick the goals and make it count, so um, that is why he scored well. But as you said, if it's not a close game and he's not kicking the goals, you know what's he going to score? Um, definitely something to watch in the future. If they're going to um, play him as a forward, especially with McVeigh back this week, 
Um, it might be time to ditch him, but let's just wait and see where he plays with McVay back in the side. Yeah, and uh, we'll definitely see what his role is going to be after this week. It, it could be interesting. I, I'm almost projecting that his performance will drop off a little bit for that reason. He might even play a little bit more of a close checking backman rather than that link-off halfback. Um, I will stay in the back line here for a second. Uh, Michael Hibbard, we've had a little bit more towards his, his body of work and what we can expect for him for the season. I think we can almost expect him to be that, that 93, 95-point player. If you were looking for someone to finish off your back line, say uh, you are upgrading Nick Newman in, in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm not really liking his output as being one of those top six defenders that we want to have coming home. No, I think he was fine value if you got him in early when you hovered around you know the, the sub-450 mark. Um, but now at 470, I think there's probably some better options available. He was playing very sore, though, so I'm not sure it's um, so fair to judge him in his last two weeks when he's been playing um, below his best. But um, if you do have him, I, I don't think I'd be worried about it at the moment. Just I wouldn't upgrade to him at, the, at this stage. Cool. All right, jump through the... Uh, the Elimination final rematch from last year between Western Bulldogs and West Coast at Etihad Stadium. <laughs> well, on the outside, it's uh, Tom Liberatore's out with a cork injury, and Bob Murphy comes back, which is great news for the Bulldogs. Maybe some of that leadership um, on the field might help them steer them in the right direction and win a couple games in the back half. Uh, West Coast have quite a few changes. We've got Pritis out with the general soreness, Josh Hill out, Shannon Hearn with a concussion, and Will Schofield out with a hip injury. Um, I actually heard he got injured when um, punching uh, Clayton Oliver <laughs> in the face, Chase. Um, it was one big swing, and he just dislocated his hip. Um, it, it, so. it's, it's like uh, if you've ever tried to you know, uh, kick the footy and someone knocks it out, and you just have this fresh air, you get that if intense pain in your knee. I'm wondering if there's like a little bit of uh, crossover. He's going to give this big, big clip around the ears to Clayton Oliver, missed, and then uh, in turn, he's just tweaked his hip a little bit. <laughs> Something like that. But we should say um, Wellingham is in, which is good news for BT. Chris Marston is in. Jack Redden and Sam Butler, who actually is still on AFL list, for those that forgot, um, all make their way into the West Coast side. Yeah, interesting that Chris Marston has been absolutely dominating on the waffle. I think over his last three weeks, he's averaging like two goals and 35 touches a game. So um, whatever punishment he was uh, he was suffering from, he's definitely uh, worked his butt off to get back into the team. So we should see... Uh, some relatively decent scores. Um, we'll jump into the Carlton and the Adelaide Crows game. There's a whole number of changes here, Pistol. They seem to be uh, giving these kids one game at a time. Um, on the Carlton side of things, Blaine Bokehurst is omitted. Jared Pickett is omitted. The, the, the one week you need a Greenwood score and he, he, he happened to play Pistol. Um, Billy Smets omitted. Will uh, Samo Petreski-Seaton is managed. Uh, Ed Kernay out with a larynx. Um, not going to be tagging Rory Sloan this week, it seems, and Jed Lamb obviously out with a concussion. On the inside, we have Sam White, David Cunningham, Zach Fisher, Sam Kerridge, Kieran Sheehan, and Liam Sumner. Uh, on the Crows side, Mitch McGovern, Riley Knight, and David McKay come in with Charlie Cameron out with a wrist injury. Tom Lynch, as announced earlier in the week, is out with an illness. And Andy Otten has finally been omitted here, Pistol. Uh, the killer for Andy Otten for us is the inclusion of Mitch McGovern, and we might see Otten on the uh, emergencies list for quite some time. Yeah, I think um, a lot will depend on John Beach as well. They might seem to, 
rotate and rest a lot of the younger guys and Antion might be in and out the side for the rest of the year but you're right I think um, a lot of that time is going to be on that interchange bench I mean Tom Lynch obviously also has to come back in that side so um, yeah there's only so much height that you can you can really take in uh, one thing I do want to touch on John O'Beach I did think was in danger to miss out on another game uh, obviously on the bubble this week averaging 53 with a break even of negative 37 as a forward there Pistol if you were looking to downgrade uh, you know for a cash grab this week looking to downgrade like a uh, uh, a Parsons or something is he someone you would be looking at or do you worry that his job security in future weeks may be in trouble no I definitely have to worry about his job security there it's really hard to pick but um, I don't see him getting a lot of games in the near future so it's, it's a big pass for me um, I just did want to share a really quick story um, my opponent in my league matchup this week actually was loopholing Greenwood score with Pickett obviously Pickett was named and then he had to choose to decide between playing Pickett and Parsons um, and I won because uh, yeah, he played he played Pickett. So um, yeah, unlucky for him. Given this was a one week, came in and forced him to lose. I only just got up by a few points as well. But um, I didn't think I had a chance when I saw him uh, loopholing earlier on, knowing Greenwood's going to come off the bench. But unfortunately for him, it didn't work out. And the interesting thing is that everyone was kind of uh, thinking like Cal Brown would be a nice uh, nice inclusion for a, a Parsons. Um, but then uh, off the back of his, his 82 last week, Parsons suddenly has all this uh, this money to make. And we are a little bit worried, uh, we'll touch on a second, that Cal Brown may not get his third game after all. So we'll definitely touch on that a little bit. Uh, take us through the Suns and North here, mate. Do we see Gaz coming back for his 300th finally? <laughs> Gary Ablett does come in to celebrate Stephen May's 100th game. <laughs> um, Matt Rose is in, and Ryan Davis, uh, the hero from last year, comes in for the Gold Coast Suns. Out is uh, Matt Shaw, Dustin McPherson, and Jesse Joyce. For the North Melbourne, Mitchell Hibbard comes in after playing his first game and then never again. Comes in for a second match. Um, Corey Wagner is also in. Cunnington is suspended, and Trent Dumont is managed. Um, also, it's, I always find it a little bit funny when a rookie that hasn't played the whole season just pops up right after the buys. Like, you want him in that buys. People are desperate for him for that extra number. Just doesn't come and then decides uh, they're going to give him a gig right, right when the buys are finished. North are absolutely uh, known for that as well. Uh, the, the, they absolutely love... Uh, hanging on to these rookies and then you know playing half a season and then being in a stage where they have to start giving games to these kids playing in 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 games where they really have nothing to gain from it so um it's interesting that they're only like giving these these guys one game at a time. We saw that uh, Declan Mountford is holding on again. He's been named on a wing, which is fantastic to see the inside mid getting another game for those picked him up for a little bit of a cash grab. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if Mitchell Hibbard can hold on for another couple games. Uh, Gaz, when he played uh, against North earlier on in the season, I think it was round six, he had 45-odd possessions there, Pistol. Could be uh, in for another big one. No, I'm hoping so in his 300th. Um, I quite fancy Gold Coast here to get the win as well. So hopefully he gets a big win, big score, and makes uh, pretty much makes up for him missing last week. Maybe if he can get the double ton, and he, he'll make a lot of people very happy. Uh, it was interesting to note that a couple of the, uh, the, the stats that were coming out on Gaz during the week were saying that... Um, his 
only one of like three people uh, that have gone above 200 supercoach points more than like multiple times in his career. I think he he's uh, at top of the leaderboard with five times he's had a, a 200 score. There's a, a whole bunch of uh, people that have got lucky and, and put up uh, only one 200 plus score. I think even Joel Bowden's done it. Um, and uh, uh, it's interesting to see that um, we finally have like some supercoach stats to, to back up the fact that we know that he probably is the GOAT uh, at least for our fantasy sides, Pistol. No, definitely. I think he's going to be hands down um, the greatest super coach player that we'll ever see. I'm not sure we're going to see anyone else like Gaz. <laughs> uh, we'll jump into the next game here. Power and the Tigers here, mate. Uh, a couple changes on either side. Matt Broadbent and Jared Pollock come in for Aaron Young and Jake Need, who have been omitted. On the Tigers side of things, Basher Hawley obviously out with the suspension and Shire Bolton has been managed. Tyson Stengel and Oleg Markov have come in. Uh, Tyson Stengel coming in for his first game. Um, noticing that Toby Nankervis has no backup uh, named on the interchange or on the emergencies this week, Pistol. So it's fair to say that they're happy with him being the sole number one ruck for uh, the time being. Yeah, um, I think last week he was definitely obviously under that injury cloud and he looked a bit sore when he was playing. This week, uh, Marich isn't named, so you'd, you'd hope that Nank is 100% fit and ready to go against Ryder. Um, did you manage to catch some of the Port game and what did you think of Matt White's performance? Look, he... he it's one of those ones where I think I touched on a, uh, a little bit about Robbie Gray where you just kind of have your day. It, it, it is Matt White we're talking about. We have a whole um, career worth of knowledge about what kind of player he is, particularly the fact that he's ele- elevated price as well. Um, looking at his role in the team, I'm not really enthused about um we've had a few people inbox the page this week you know he oh he's averaging 81 he's got a negative 46 break even should we be getting it getting him in pistol i'm i'm going to come out and say it now i would not be going anywhere near matthew white at 200 grand at this late in the season already unlimited trades you're trading in someone like matt white at an elevated price you're almost guaranteeing that you have to use another trade to get him out because you really don't want him to be um, your cover for the rest of the season. And he's so injury-prone that you know he, he's almost guaranteed to miss games coming into the end of the season, mate. Yeah, exactly right. And people, if you're getting him, it's obviously because um, he's meant to be good cover for the rest of the season. And that, quite frankly, I just don't think he's going to provide um, the amount of scoring that you want. And as well, the games. I'm just not sure he's going to even get names for every game for the rest of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be touching with a 10-foot foal. Um, the one thing I do want to touch on with Nank, um, a lot of people saying uh, that he, he, he's run out of gas. Um, he only finished with nine disposals uh, uh, last week uh, and the week before. Um, he only dipped below 10 disposals uh, but once between round one and round 11, and he's suddenly gone at two weeks in a row. Uh, it's almost as if his stats are not being influenced by the fact he's a number one ruckman, but maybe the fact that he can't get around the ground as well um, to to get those disposals to kind of jack those points up, or we might be seeing him uh, relying on his uh, disposal count uh, relying on his his rucking uh, ability to try and uh, jack his points up, and it's interesting to note that of all the opponents uh, in the AFL, Port Adelaide uh, concedes some of the fewest to ruckmen across the competition, and uh, uh, I think there might be a little bit more pain for fantasy coaches that do have Nankervis in this side, only averaging seventy two across his last three pistol. Yeah, look, it's fair to say we would not be surprised if Nank hits his rookie wall. It's a long long season for. Um, a 
a young ruck especially it's a lot of time to spend moving around the ground i think if you have greenwood and you have nank and you're low on trades rotating them at f6 or loopholing them um is certainly a good good idea and hopefully you get a good score out of one of the two of them every week anyway so you can probably get a pass just by by doing that yeah do you think that the the idea at this stage is to try and push nank to an f7 f7 uh, we have seen a few coaches that have been trying to uh you know trade him out um and upgrade him a couple of people even jumping early trying to get gone this week worried about his scoring potential are you in the belief that you should try and keep him at an F7 position? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're going to get late to the year. It doesn't matter if you're going for overall or trying to win your league. And you're going to have two ruck. Someone's going to get rested for one week. You're going to have no trades. And what, you're going to cop a zero? Or you may as well get the next scoring 70 points that week. Um, it seems like quite a simple decision. Just trying your best to get him to an F7 position. If not, and you do have Greenwood, think you might be okay and get away with um, rotating them at, at F6 for the rest of the season. Yeah, and you never know. Uh, uh, Parsons got a second wind and he's come out with an 80, so we could see uh, uh, Toby Nankervis come out with another ton any now and then. Uh, mate, jump us through uh, probably the game of the round at Spotless Stadium, GWS versus the Cats there, bud. <laughs> Did Parsons have a first wind or <laughs> just, just skip that and go straight to the second wind? His first his, um, his first wind was the 40s and then he's put up an 80. So in that, in that I, I, I guess we can see uh, Nank's going to come out with a 220 sometime soon. <laughs> we'll go uh, on the GWS side. Uh, Tim Taranto is out. Uh, Himmelberg and Daniel Lloyd are out. Josh Kelly comes back in, which is huge for fantasy owners. Rory Lobb and Devin Smith returns. On the Geelong side, uh, there's quite a few outs. Tom Stewart had a facial fracture. Scott Selwood is out with a hamstring. Holland Smith out with an ankle. And Darcy Lang out with a leg injury. In comes Lockie Henderson, Aaron Black, Zach Guthrie, and Zach Smith. So... Got the two Zacks in. Aaron Black finally gets another chance. He wasn't too bad in the two games he played, um, or three games he played, but it's a, it was a long time before he made it back in. I, I do remember talking about him versus Parsons a long, long time ago, Chizo, and uh, people were pretty mad when they, they got Parsons over Black, but Parsons has played every game since then. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, in hindsight, it's a funny thing. Well, it's interesting because even after the even after the fact that Aaron Black's only played a handful of games, um, Parsons has only made about forty thousand dollars more than him, and Aaron Black hasn't even playing. So you could see, you know, Black coming out with a ton this week and just completely jump him. And you know, those that have played the long game with Parsons may may not even uh, uh, make any more money off him. Um, the one thing that I do want to touch on. Um, Tim Taranto going out with his ankle injury. A few coaches this week uh, have been inboxing whether it's a a serious ankle injury or not. He has been ruled out for two months with a syndesmosis uh, injury. He's he's torn his anterior tibiofibular joint, uh, his ligament that holds that joint together, which is uh, uh, when you stand on it, it tends to separate. So it's a a really important um, uh, joint in your lower leg, and it takes a long time to heal. So he won't be back before the end of the season, even if they play finals. So uh, definitely have to get someone out like that. Um, Scotty Selwood here, Pistol, is an interesting one. He he, he did a hamstring, sat on the bench for half a game then came back and played the next week where the cats had no bench and forced him to play after he pinged it again the worst case scenario is because they had no bench last week that one week hammy has probably turned into maybe even a two or even a three week hammy depending on how bad he did it i mean 
It's just unbelievable. <laughs> I, I said last week with a whole incident with Cutler being ruled out with a hamstring injury, playing the next week and then hurting his hammy and missing the next like three weeks. And now we just see the exact same situation again. Scott Selwood, hamstring injury, plays the next week, gets ruled out the next week. I mean, it seems so obvious um, from the get-go. And here we are, and now we have to deal with it, unfortunately. Um, he didn't even put up a fantastic score as well. So, um, yeah, Chizo, I think we'll talk about this a bit later and what you should do with Scott Selwood. So we'll just um, leave it there for now. But I should say, um, it's nice to see uh, Zach Guthrie, who was the uh, JLT, I think, um, highest points per game uh, rookie defender um, in for his first game. I think um, he could be a potentially a good cash cow option uh, if he gets given games. Uh, you were basically he, he was basically your love child. He was uh, your version of basically a poor man's version of Darcy Parrish, wasn't he? You you had him locked in at D six. You couldn't wait for him to play. We were all trying to tell you that he wasn't going to game, and then uh, I think your your man crush was broken when you realised that you couldn't have those eighty scores on your your field because he wasn't playing pistol. <laughs> I actually used him to free up um, some cash, which allowed me to turn five into uh, one of the the Sloans on the bonds um and then when he was out i had to downgrade them back to five so yeah no he, he's he's hurt me bad but i'm willing to forgive um forget but we'll, we'll see what he puts out this weekend yeah interesting um one person that i do want to touch on that uh when kelly was out last week dylan shear obviously stepped up and had a fantastic game across his last three seeming to to show that he's getting a little bit of form back averaging 123.3 over his last three games uh, i just want to point out that he, he's been quite good in the center this this year without having that outside impact um he's only behind jpk and Dangerfield uh for center bounce first possessions this season uh, across the AFL, so um, he's definitely uh, playing on the ball, getting the ball out of the uh, the midfield, and then handing it off to the likes of Josh Kelly and these silky kind of guys. Um, he's obviously lost a little bit of cash uh, this year. Um, he's obviously lost a little bit of cash this year, and uh, um, it, we could be seeing uh, the return of uh, someone like that for for those that are looking for a, a very unique pod that uh, uh, could come into their teams. Only in two point six percent of teams, I know some people like that pistol, so I just thought I'd touch on it. Uh, we jump into the next game here, mate. Uh, Essendon and the Lions. My boy Darcy Parish is back. Pistol, are you excited? <laughs> I'm as excited as I was in the last couple of minutes of the Essendon Swans game. So uh, basically had your eyes closed and didn't want to watch? <laughs> oh, that's how I got through most of Brisbane's games this year, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, Parrish is back. Uh, Hooker has come back after dislocating his finger at training. Uh, Josh Begley and Matt Lewenberger are on the extended bench. Um, interesting to see that uh, Zach Merritt's also on the extended bench. Uh, Essendon have always decided to play games a little bit when they're announcing their teams. Uh, on the uh, the line side of things, Josh Walker, Cedric Cox, Marco Paparone and Jono Freeman come in. Uh, extended benches again. Dane Beams out with an AC injury out for four weeks there. Pistol, uh, I think this is the last straw for Dane Beams for those owners that have still got him. They've uh, they pretty much got to trade him if they've got trades uh, up their sleeve, don't you reckon? He's He's an injury-prone player. He's a great player, but look, he's going to be out for a little while, and I think now is the time to trade him, yes. It's interesting that uh, Essendon have named uh, Lewenberger on the extended bench as well. 
Is there any chance, I know they, they have used Tom Bell Chambers and Lewenberger in uh, a tandem to try and take on Stefan Martin again. Will we see them do it again this, uh, this round, do you think? Um, I think uh, it's unlikely given Bell Chambers' form, um, but I don't think uh, Stefan Martin owners have to worry too much. Uh, I don't think he's influenced so much about the, the big rucks, um, given he gets a lot of his... Uh, points from around the ground. Uh, a lot will depend on Archie Smith, though. However, he is named on the extended interchange bench, so there is a chance that with uh, the inclusion of potentially um, John O'Freeman and, and Josh Walker's named in the side, that maybe they'll give um, Archie Smith a break. Yeah, fantastic. All right, mate, we'll jump into the Dockers and the Saints there, but uh, I'll, I'll take that one so you can talk about Hawthorne and Collingwood. Um, we've got a few changes on the uh, Docker side of things. We've got in a few big names, Nat Fife, Brady Gray back from his hamstring, and Aaron Sandland's pistol. Uh, finally, for those that have still hold, hold, held him, there's a number of coaches still out there. Uh, on the Saints side of things, extended benches again, we've got Ben Long, Jack Steele, and Daniel McKenzie. Uh, Jack Steele, uh, just a lazy 34 disposals on the weekend in the uh, VFL. Do you think that'll be enough to get him back in for those coaches that have held him, Pistol? <laughs> um, I hope so. I, th- I think it will be enough. So I'm looking forward to seeing him this week, even though he's uh, caused me plenty of misery in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, interesting extended bench. I'm actually not entirely sure that he gets a gig. I think they, that Richo might be uh, forcing him to earn his stripes again. Um, he, he's obviously trying to be turned a, uh, taught a lesson. It's, uh, uh, it's one of those things that you just want to want to find out why he's been dropped, and coaches are always really coy about it. And, and uh, us as super coaches really just have to go on our gut instinct on what to do with these players, mate. You're right. Look, looking at the bench, you've got um, Dunstan... Akers, Steele, Gilbert, Long, Mackenzie, Weller. We can say Long and Mackenzie probably aren't going to get a gig. So um, you've got Dunstan, Akers, Steele, Gilbert, and Weller. Um, that's a tough call on, on who gets the chop. Yeah, I, I think that Dunstan and Akers um, probably get to keep their spot. Richo's a big fan of those guys. Dunstan has done his VFL uh, stint uh, earlier on in the season, and his last you know three or four rounds have actually been quite solid. So uh, I can't see Luke Dunstan uh, getting that one. Sammy Gilbert uh, more than likely gets the game, obviously rotating through the back. And uh, Mav Weller. Um, they love him down at the Saints, obviously, as part of their, their leadership group. So uh, for those ho- hanging out for Jack Steele to come back this week, uh, it doesn't help that it's a, a Sunday afternoon match. So if there's any potential that um, you're going to be risking a donut holding on to Jack Steele this week, I'd be, uh, I'd be waiting for teams to be uh, verified on Friday before um, doing any of your trades or anything like that. Um, Pistol, finish off the round here for us. We'll go through Hawthorne and Collingwood there, mate. There's a few wins on either side yeah on the Hawthorne side uh, Stratton comes in with uh, Willsmore and heavily um, named on the extended bench with uh, Collingwood bring in Jamie Elliott which is huge Mason Cox Sharon Berg Josh Thomas and Jackson Ramsey all on the extended bench out goes Crocker and Aish um, big game uh, huge game if uh, obviously I'm, I'm sure everyone remembers the last time Collingwood has almost a scoreless first half before storming home excited about this one Sharon Berg smash the VFL and I'd be so surprised if he did not get names um, so I think uh, that one week was, was good for him and, and he'll be right back in I'm expecting uh, Josh Thomas Cox and Ramsey to not get a gig this week obviously Jamie Elliott coming in um, as the other Collingwood change other than that it's going to be a good round of footy Cheeso yeah, I definitely think so. Um, the one thing I do want to touch on, someone that's been a little bit down in the last few weeks, 
Pendle's only averaging 104.3 over his last three, uh, but it, he does average 28.6 disposals against the Hawks across his entire career. Um, with uh, his last three games, he's had 37, 30, and 36 disposals respectively against the Hawks. So uh, we could see him get back to his fantastic uh, scoring ways there, Pistol. Um, we might as well jump straight into the Cancer Council here, mate. Do you have that up in front of you there? No, I certainly do, Chizo. So thanks to Simon, he, he gave $10 for each of his donuts over the last four rounds um, and said love the podcast boys keep it up and we will keep it up so thank you very much Simon appreciate that and uh, for playing with the donate for donuts uh, that was that was very nice uh, Richard Berry said thanks for the advice pistol damn you Sandy um, it's always a bit funny when I recommend somebody cop a donut um, when they're playing for for league and then they have to donate because they donate for donuts because I feel bad about it. It's like, um, yeah, take a zero and <laughs> then donate to the Cancer Council. <laughs> no, but um, in that league situation, um, I think sometimes copying a zero is not the end of the world, uh, especially when you're very well placed. Um, also, there was my donation earlier in the week um, because JB, I can't even say foolishly, <laughs> tipped... Hawthorne, and I uh, did make a, a bet with him and lost, so I've donated $20 to the Council Council. Um, with the comment, you finally got a r- r- tip right, JB, and Cheezo, the worst part about it was he still tipped Crows, even <laughs> though he bet on Hawthorne with me. It's so typical, tip wrong. It's typical, JB, mate. Um, I'd just like to point out, I've just noticed something. On the Collingwood side of things, Mason Cox is actually named at full forward. So um, coming off that bag of six in the VFL last week, it seems like, obviously, teams can change. Generally, those named on the ground tend to get a game. So it would be interesting to see uh, who he is uh, is coming in for. Obviously, with Ben Crocker and James H being omitted, they're not really like-for-like players. Um, Pistol, what I do when I touch on now is I just want to uh, a few we've got a few options uh to downgrade there's a few guys that are looking for that last downgrade to to get to get a little bit of cash or you know to find a, an f8 or a, a, a an m11 something like that to try and find some cash i just want to run through a few different options that i have for you here even your man ryan showmaker is on the extended bench uh, on on his bubble i know you, he was one of your boys at the start of the season as well i'm going to start out because you're a collingwood guy i want to talk about callum brown okay just run us through um what do you think his chances are for getting his third game and how have you seen his performance as uh, a bit below expectation about what you expect or um, do, do, do you think that his, uh, his place in the side is, uh, is pretty safe? Callum Brown's interesting. I, I don't think he's been bad, but I don't think he's been uh, particularly special at this stage either. It was good for him to get a run with a couple of AFL games, but I think uh, he will probably be out of the, the side sooner rather than later. Um, we'll see if he even gets named for this week, Chizo. He might not even get his third game, um, in which case, obviously, you can't really consider him as a, a cash cow option. Yeah, and the, the thing is, because they're the last game of the round, it's, you, you have to really wait until the last minute to, to find out if he if he is there. Um, particularly if uh, you know, you've know you got guys that are looking to uh, bring in, say, a Swans guy. You want to get in JPK. You want to get in Hanabry this week. Or even if you, you get like a Franklin or something like that. Because they're playing at the start of the round... We really need to know, if you're going to do that one-up, one-down strategy, we need to know if Callum Brown is playing first. Um, and because it's a, a Friday night game, you only have really an hour, hour and a half turnaround to uh, to notice if, if if Callum Brown is going to get a game. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on. We'll definitely post the Sunday teams as soon as they're announced their pistol. Hey, uh, the next person I want to talk about, we've already mentioned him a little bit, Jono Beach. 
He's averaging 53, but I have to say I'm really not noticing him on the field. He's only popping up once or twice a quarter, and he, he almost seems to be filling a hole there considering that their their, um, their Sandful side has quite a few midfielders that are running through, and their, their emergencies have the likes of Scott Thompson, Paul Seedsman, and the, the much maligned Harry Wig has still been averaging 25 touches for the year, but not even getting a game. Yeah, I... I think I would stay away from Beach. You just see that you've got Charlie Cameron to come back, Tom Lynch to come back as well, um, playing in the forward line. And I think, look, Tom Lynch probably comes in. Who goes out? Odden's already out. It's probably going to be Beach. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, we've got another couple... I think we've talked about Matty Watt. I wouldn't go near him. Uh, I don't think he would go either. Ryan Schoenmakers is an interesting one because he has actually been scoring half decent. Um, but again, that elevated price, I really wouldn't be interested in. Averaging 68 with a break-even of negative 45. Um, we've got the likes of Brennan Cox averaging 45, negative 21 break-even. He's a, a defensive forward. That's interesting, Pistol, because it does open up that line uh, of DPP that we had last year with the likes of, uh, of Mark. Adams and Tipper. Um, if you were looking for that uh, that D8 or F8, is he someone you would be looking at um, because of that DPP, or would you kind of recommend someone um, to be looking at uh, using Callum Brown uh, as someone who actually uh, seems to be it um, uh, seems to be getting a little bit more scoring potential um, when he has a decent game? Well, it's a tough question, Chizo. Really. A lot of these rookies have such poor job security that it makes me think you may as well just take the 102k player, bank the extra 15k cash, and um, just hope for the best, especially when you've got um, Josh DeLuca Cardillo, who was pretty much injured after halftime. He hurt his ankle and um, got uh, shots in it. Um, in the second quarter, he had nine touches, which uh, shows his potential. I think he's going to get dropped, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to get the game later in the year, especially um, it's Fremantle. They're going to have to play some youth or more youth. Um, and so he might get a gig later, as will probably Callum Brown um, when Pies uh, ruled out the finals. In which case, if I don't know, you may. to me, it's a relatively easy decision. You just take the extra money when you can and get somebody with equally as good job security. Alex Witherden, probably worth a mention. Um, he's a midfielder and defender this year, and he scored pretty well in his debut, Chizo. Um, so he's somebody that if you had to go early on, um, given he had a particularly good game, he probably bought himself um, two weeks. He scored 76 in his first game, I should say. Um, he's probably the person that I'd be targeting if you needed a downgrade option this week. Okay, that that wraps up pretty much all the uh, downgrade options that we're looking for the, the the quick cash grabs there, Pistol. I do want to talk about a couple Collingwood guys here, mate. Um, a couple defenders. We've got... Taylor Adams and Jeremy Howe. Um, Taylor Adams only going at 98.2 across his last five, only 90.7 across his last three. Should we be worried about the output of Taylor Adams? <laughs> A little bit. I'm saying that because watching him play, his disposal has been shocking lately. Um, he keeps trying to kick it across the ground from a half-back position and turning it over Chizo, and it's leading to a lot of direct goals. He's made a couple of very, very poor decisions. Um, I noticed on the weekend, he's won a free um, in the back line and handballed it to, I think it was Howe or Ben Reid running past, who was immediately tackled. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not in great form. Um, he's scoring still okay for a defender. I'd say quite good for a defender. Um, it's just not what you expect at the beginning of the year. I think um, Collingwood's probably going to lose a lot more games in their run home, given that they're quite a challenging draw, and I 
don't see Adams reaching the, the 110s from the beginning of the year, but maybe he'll come home averaging 100, 101, 102 instead of the, the 110 range. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, he's actually down $10,000 on what his starting price. Uh, I don't think we would have predicted that after his flying start to the season. Uh, another uh, another uh, Colin McGuire I do want to talk about is Jeremy Howe. He's obviously pretty unique in less than 5% teams, only 4.9% of teams. Um, 118 across his last three, 105 across his last five. He's intercepting literally everything. He's basically um, breaking the German code and intercepting absolutely everything coming through that back line. He's just uh, on an absolute roll here, Pistol. If, uh, if you were looking for the uh, an upgrade, how would you rank him with the likes of uh, uh, the, the you know the top four that we have in in our backline this year with the the Rory uh, Rory Lairds, the the Taylor Adams, the Doherty's, uh, the Robertons? Is he someone that you would be looking to get in ahead of any of those guys, or um, what what's your take on how Jeremy Howe uh, has been going in the last month and month and a half? Well, look, uh, I think people are very quick to forget that last year after his role was changed um, in the Collingwood side and he plays defender, he averaged one hundred and one from that point onwards. So it's not like he's just suddenly you know averaging close to a hundred. He, he's had a year of this. Um, and for example, this week I'm tossing up between Howe and Robertson, and I'm quite convinced on I'll be uh, joining the Jeremy Howe train. As you said, 4.9% of teams. Um, I don't see why he can't keep this up. Um, I did just say Collingwood's draw uh, to finish the year is quite challenging, and unfortunately uh, for Collingwood, that means the ball is going to be in their back line a, a little bit more often, and um, that's the games Jeremy Howe excels at. I mean, most of his uh, games where he scored well are the games Collingwood's had their biggest losses in. So um, to me, I think Howe is even a safe pick, um, especially at his price, only 500k, and I, I really see him averaging 100 for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think it's uh, I think JB really summed it up really well on the on the uh, the Monday pod. Uh, I think what he said was it's really hard to tag someone when they're standing on your head, and I think that's uh, uh, that's pretty <laughs> pretty important uh, with uh, with Jeremy Howe. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I do want to touch on a few little guys that are coming down. Um, they've lost a little bit of cash. I'll, I'll, I'll just go ac- across a couple different lines. Uh, obviously, Rory Laird, um, a break-even of 91, which isn't bad, but he hasn't had a fantastic week. And coming off only uh, uh, a 71 against the Hawks, he's actually at the lowest price he has been all year, looking to drop about another 17K. Um, so if you haven't got him, ha- have a look out for him. Uh, Bont seems to be back on the rise here, Pistol. He- he's down a fair bit of cash, only at four, uh, 518K. Um, uh, the Bontempelli here, mate, is is the train back on? Is he going to come back a, a, and go back to his high-scoring ways, Pistol? <laughs> you seem very, very excited about him, Cheezer, after one game. Um, I'd like to see more before saying the Bont train is well and truly back. Given his price, you probably can afford to wait a week or two to see if he can pump out a couple of um, good scores before jumping back on. I think... Uh, possibly have jumped the gun but let's let's wait and see how he goes this week and in even the week after yeah obviously these guys i'm referencing in uh, in respect to if you can afford to do like a last minute upgrade turn like a heater shore or someone in a, a fife into these uh, these guys that are looking to, to score really big on the way home or some of that you can get it maybe an m9 in a couple of weeks here pistol is joel selwood he's got a break even of above or basically 250 points here mate how do you feel about that as an owner <laughs> I'm not happy about having uh, Selwood and Lloyd, especially when they get done at the beginning of the games and everyone else jumps on them um, at a cheaper price and I have to fork out an extra 100k for my upgrade options. It definitely uh, 
has uh, set me back in my uh, season uh, overall rank. Um, Selwood, I think, is going to be a good option. He's going to be too cheap to pass up. I think he's going to be a lot of people's M9. Um, fortunately for them, they get that um, as an absolute bonus and a steal. You know, he's projected to be about 440k in two weeks. Cheeso, 440 for Joel Selwood. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. Imagine if he gets knocked out again this week for like another four. We could basically be picking him up for a, a straight swap for James Parsons in a fortnight's time, mate. <laughs> I don't want to think about that because I can't pick him up. Already, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Max Gorn, another break-even way up near the 200s. He's going to come down again, hopefully, to 5.15-ish if we're lucky, maybe even lower. Uh, Luke Dahlhouse. Pistol, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, that we're surprised that everyone's kind of backing Luke Dahlhouse to come home like a, a steam train. He's got a break-even of 98. He's only averaging 98.9 for the season. Uh, he's only at 475,000. He really is looking like that his, uh, either his role is changing or his, it's purely a form dip. Uh, I really can't make heads or tails of this because our, our other forward option in Jack McRae has just been excelling over the last week while Dalhouse has been completely falling off here, mate. I don't really know what to make of it. Well, I think it's a bit harsh saying he's completely falling off after 103. I mean, he has a, a five-game average of a 91 and a three-game average of 96, so... Although his form has dropped from the first half of the year when he was absolutely torching it, um, I think it's a, a big call to say he's killing us. I, I'll take I'll take low 90s from my forward any day of the week, Jesus. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's interesting to note that his highest score since round five uh, is only 103, and that was last week. He's In that meantime, he's put up, put up scores of 87, 65, 78, and 84. So uh, even though he's in 50% of teams, it might actually be a, a, a nice PAD coming into the finals to uh, switch him up for someone else like a, a Heaney or something like that. Uh, just just uh, raising the argument here, Pistol, I can hear you stewing in the background with that, uh, trying to rebuff me there, mate. Um, the, the, <laughs> the one person I do want to touch on, Two weeks since you convinced me to get him in, he's been absolutely putrid, averaging 38. Tommy Lynch, tell, what's the story, <laughs> mate? You, you convinced me to get him in. Now I want to hear you tell me why he's been scoring so poorly. Oh, I convinced myself to get him in as well, over Billings, <laughs> uh, mind you. So that's been unbelievably bad. It's given me nightmares. Um, pretty much it's just incredibly low on confidence. Uh, JB's been talking about the last two weeks. When he takes the field, he's staying really deep forward, not pushing up. He did take eight grabs last week, but he... Drop. He just is dropping, I guess you'd call them sitters for Tom Lynch usually. Um, everything's down. You said on the, the Monday podcast his ball drop's been woeful. Um, yeah, he's he's looking a shadow of his, uh, I guess, beast mode of, of, of himself from the first parts of the seasons. Um, I hope he gets it going. Maybe Gaz's 300th might inspire him um, a little bit more. But I think at this stage he's lost... A lot of money. He's very cheap, 399k. You can't really do much about it now except hold it and hope he turns around because realistically, he'd only have, I think it was three out of his first like 45 games um, below 40, which is a very low score. And he's already had three this year, so um, it doesn't make much sense to me. But look, low on confidence, Gaz is 300th. What a better, there's no better time to, to turn it up and hopefully he can come home strong. Yeah, so we have had a few people inbox to pain saying, uh, uh, there's sick of Tom Lynch, let's uh, let's find a way to get rid of him here, mate. Uh, you're along the lines of suggesting that we just kind of have to ride it out? Look, I think uh, I'd be trying to move him to an F7. If you have um, Nank, you could kind of loophole them as a, an F6, F7 combo. Um, if you're 
if you're just desperate to get rid of him, um, maybe you're, you've got a lot of trades. You, if you're going for league especially and you want someone better, I'd be looking at that, that Heaney and the Billings type especially um, to get a couple of extra points, especially Billings as a very nice POD. Yeah, your your punt from last week working off uh, uh, a little nicely so far. Hey, mate, I just want to jump into, uh, just before we end the podcast, I want to jump through some VC and C options this week. Um, obviously, the guys playing earlier on in the season, uh, earlier on the weekend, we've got like the Swans with JPK or uh, Hannah's or something like that. We've got the Bont on the Saturday afternoon, um, uh, Sloan on the Saturday afternoon also, and Gaz on the Saturday. Uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, maybe a, a, a Gaz uh, or even... Uh, uh, maybe a gas into a, a, a danger field could be a good option this week, Pistol. I think if you have Gaz, um, it's his 300th game, just whack the VC on him. He destroyed North Melbourne early in the year. I, I don't think there's a better VC option than Gaz this week. Um, you've pretty much named all the, the relevant options. If you have Max Gorn, I think that was the only one possibly missed. For the, for the C options, I'd certainly be looking at um, a danger field as usual. Zach Merritt plays uh, Brisbane. Um, he's been particularly good form. Um, I'm going to say my boy Zachy Merritt after, I'm not going to say winning the argument with JB, but I'm going to say at least taking an early lead, um, getting him for, for a 141. <laughs> um, also, Pendlebury and <laughs> Tom Mitchell. I think um, that one was coming giving his 50 possession performance last time against the Pies. Um, it's an interesting one, JB. I don't think Buckley can tag Tom Mitchell because he, he went all out defending his decision not to tag him, saying he, da- he doesn't hurt, he's not damaging. So be a little bit ironic um, if we did tag him this time. Um, I'm not sure that's how it works, but I think either way, Tom Mitchell and Pendlebury are both going to be um, solid captaincy options as well. Buckley is one of those coaches that literally does whatever he wants anyway. So there's it's, it's completely more likely that uh, knowing him, you'd probably just tag him anyway, just for just for giggles anyway. Um, but uh, Tom Mitchell had a little bit of a down patch as well. He's only 106 off his last three, 116 across his last five is pretty fantastic. Um, he'll be a, a fantastic C option there, Pistol. So um, I think for me, I'm going to go a, a gaz into a danger just for what I've got. What do you think you're going this week? Oh, it'll be a gaz, and then I'll end up taking Gaz's score because he's probably going to double ton. How about that? Well, and if you're that confident, why not just chuck the C on Gaz and don't worry about a VC, mate? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not that confident. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, uh, I'll just uh, plug the uh, the Cancer Council. Remember, we've got the Donate for Donuts. Anyone, anytime during the season that you have a donut, you pledge a certain amount towards the Cancer Council. All the money goes straight to Cancer Council Victoria. Um, I think we're just uh, touching $1,850 there, Pistol. Uh, across the last two years uh, we've raised over three thousand dollars dollars and i think that's absolutely fantastic for your initiative that you kind of started as like a, a fortnight um a, an event that we'd be raising just over a, a fortnight has turned into a long-running donate for donuts and uh, hopefully for many more years to come oh it's been unbelievable thank you so much community for just getting behind it and you know saying thank you uh with donations to the cancer council i'm sure they really appreciate it and we definitely really appreciate it so um yeah if anything we can do to help out and don't forget you can always uh, email us your questions at drscpod at gmail.com and uh, we do get back to them uh, any time we can uh, Pistol always likes to uh, chime in on all the uh, the good ones so he gets uh, all the good advice when he thinks there's a, a question there that he can do some good um, that's why everyone loves him uh, but you can also find JB or myself there at any any period of time hey we've still got those uh, super coach rings going there Pistol uh, you Getting any closer to winning the Doctor Supercoach Super Keeper League and getting that uh, that that premiership ring, mate? <laughs> um, 
can't say I'm getting any closer. I'll just <laughs> say we'll wait till finals and we'll see if I can do a Bulldogs and win it from seventh. Just win it from seventh, you reckon? Oh, it's not going to be hard at all. Well, it's going, to, it's going to be interesting to see if I can get myself off the bottom of the ladder. Uh, unfortunately, drafting a little bit too young there, Pistol. Oh, well, it's a, it's a keeper league, so uh, <laughs> the, the future is uh, yours. It's the dynasty, mate. Hey, uh, thanks for jumping on the podcast with me. It's been fantastic talking to you again. No worries. Thanks for having me, Chizo. And uh, we'll talk to you during the week. Uh, have a good weekend, community, and we hope that Gaz has a fantastic 300th.